0: Praise God, praise the Lord. You know God is good all the time. time. God, and I am a witness. Okay, you can add that to it. Um, We are witnesses of God's faithfulness. God is good all the time. Uh, A few weeks ago, Andrew Hill um, visited us from the United States, and who could uh, remind me of what he preached um, on the title? Hazard, yeah. Andrew kind of hazard us. He encouraged us to kind of hazard ourselves in the Lord. He read from the uh, book of 1 Samuel 30, uh, verse 6. And I'll just read it. He said, and David was greatly distressed from the people, uh, for the people spoke of stoning him, uh, because of all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself. In the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord our God. Amen. Amen. You know, this is what you do when you are having a bad day. But actually, I would say this is what we should do on a daily basis. You know, I believe this resonated very well with most of us on that day. It basically, you know, and definitely struck a chord in me as a person. And um, so I would call that self-hazaking, if you like. self encouragement. Richard, I think a week or two after, uh, brought a word on a similar uh, subject. And in Richard's word, he kind of encouraged us to go beyond encouraging ourselves, that we should encourage someone else, encourage others. So I call that community or corporate hazaqin. So you encourage someone else, praise the Lord. And he read from the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, you might know the story when Jesus kind of had a compassion on the people, multitude of people around uh, that came to be healed and to be preached to. And, you know, there was a time, you know, as we always have in, in life, a times of chaos, a times of challenges as to, you know, how are we going to feed these 5,000 people? You know, and as you and I sometimes might do, the disciples kind of say, well, let's send the crowds away. To go into the villages and buy food for themselves, for themselves. It's their problem. Let them solve it. But praise God, because we have Jesus who's got compassion in him. In the DNA of our God is compassion, compassion. And what did Jesus say? He said, You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. So you encourage them. Amen. So, corporate hasakin. You know, I teach engineering, and an interesting thing in engineering is, you know, there are three phases. One is that um, you kind of teach in classroom, and then you take your student to the lab, and the real thing actually happens in the real world, in the field. You take them to the field where they test all that they've done in the classroom and the laboratory, they actually test it out in the real world. I believe this morning, God has changed it a little bit, you know, all around that as a people of God, he took us into a laboratory. This is the laboratory. And I believe the Spirit of God are already speaking to us about what I'll be speaking about. We've been encouraging ourselves. Akin brought that word here uh, to us this morning. And um, you know, Joe brought another word. Various people brought a word of encouragement, hazarding others so that we can be harzaked as people. Praise God. So then that will take me to, to the world. And I believe it's going to be beyond this laboratory Is going to be beyond what I'm going to speak about, which, you know, like classroom. I think we're going to take this to our communities, we take it to our world, we take it to everywhere our foot steps on. Amen. So if you want a topic for this, um, I don't have a particular topic, I'll call it Hazard Boomerang. Can we say that? (laughs) Can we say it again? boomerang. Amen. I mean, what I'm trying to say here is really the fact that when we encourage ourselves, as God encourages us, we encourage ourselves, we go about encouraging others. What actually happens is that encouragement kind of becomes part of our lives, and we go around encouraging others. And others go around encouraging others. And most times, they actually come back to you, and then you encourage others. Praise God. So in this, you know, we, we have that in a go-round and come round fashion, and everyone is involved. Old, young, whatever the, the color, whatever you want identity that you want to kind of put on yourself, you are involved in this boomerang of encouragement. Amen. And you see, the outcome of this encouragement is always godly. It's always of godly outcome. Amen. Shall we all open our Bible to the book of Joshua? We see an example of this in the book of Joshua. Chapter 1, um, verse 1 to the end. Um, I kind of just jump because of time. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I have given to them. To the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot we tread upon I have given to you. Just as I have promised Moses. And so on. Um, if we go, go to verse 6, because of time, it says, Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their father to, de- to give them. Be strong and courageous. That's what God said to Joshua. In verse 7, God said the same thing again. Only be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you, and so on. And in verse 9, he said, for have I not commanded you? Now this is a command. This is not just an encouragement. God is not just where if you like it, do it. This is a command. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous courageous. Amen. Be strong and courageous. Let's go to verse 10. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provision for within three days, you are to pass over this Jordan to go into to take the possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving uh, you to possess and so on and so forth. He kind of explained to them the promise of God. He charged them in what. God has charged him to do. And verse 16 to 18. And they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us we do. And wherever you send us we go. Just as we obey Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him, shall be put to death. Only be Strong and only be strong and courageous. Amen. You know, God commissioned Joshua as a new leader in Israel. You know, this is a promise of God. God already um, kind of promised his people a special land, this promised land that we all are aware of. But Moses died and this is a new man that God is commissioning. And God said to him, trust in me. Be strong and courageous. So as we talked about Hasekin, this is coming from who? God. Unto Joshua. You know, for every one of us here this morning, God is speaking unto us. God, if you are born again, if you are a Christian, God has commissioned you. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And he's just saying, trust in me. Be strong and courageous. And you know, for some of us, we might say, "Well, I'm not really sure. I don't know my talent. I don't know what I can be doing within the church community. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have that confidence. Whatever, we don't know. We, if you don't know." Anything at all, you can know one thing. That we've been given that ministry, every one of us is called a ministry of reconciliation, to reconcile men unto God. So in your workplaces, in your community, wherever you go, on that train, on your way to work, on the bus, on the plane, wherever you are, you can reconcile men unto God. Just as Joshua was commissioned, we are also commissioned. Joshua received from God. He didn't sit on it. He actually did something about it. Confidently, with courage, he went to the people of God and he spoke to them about what God already laid in his heart. God laid something on Akin's heart this morning. He came forward and did what? Encourage us. Amen. Encourage us with the word of God. Hallelujah. So everyone is involved. So, you see, I just want to encourage us, and this is not a rebuke, even though rebuke is allowed in the Bible, but it's not a rebuke. It's just to say, you know, for some of us, we've been a recipient for too long. You know, we've received so much that we've become, you know, it's a time to give. It's a time to be a donor in the kingdom of God. It's a time to be contributors in the house of God. Amen. So David, Joshua received from God. Joshua told his people. It's amazing. Actually, in this story, the group of people that I love most are actually the, uh, the, the congregation, if you like. This guy didn't just say, well, praise God. This great man, a prophet of God, he heard from God. And he had the courage to actually tell us, great, we just do what he said. But actually, they bounce it back to him by saying, you know, we heard you. The way we've respected, honor, and followed Moses, we will do what? Follow you. Alright? They didn't stop there. They said, only that you yourself need to be strong and courageous. You know, our leaders, they need courage. They need your support. They need your encouragement. They need to be hazard. Maybe sometimes they actually need it more than us. The, you know, the people in the church, the congregation, they need it. So Joshua was hazarded by God. Joshua hazarded his people. His people didn't stop there. They actually Hazard Joshua. Praise the Lord. If you read chapter 10, verse 25 of this same book, Joshua actually, when things were kind of going wrong, when they were um, kind of fighting with the Amorites, Joshua said the same word to the congregation. He said, Brothers and sisters, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. So you can see where the boomerang is coming from. God to Joshua, Joshua to people, people back to Joshua, Joshua back to people. And possibly continue on and on. And because it continues that way, that is why we are actually reading this book today. Because it's worth reading. And you've read it, you've heard it. We can go back to our community to say to people that you can be strong and courageous. Amen. Amen. God is good. You know, personal story. I kind of grew up in a family... Yeah, where both parents um, didn't go past primary school. Um, again, this is not very common in Nigeria, by the way. Uh, it it just happened to be me. I'm, I'm sure many Nigerians that are here will tell you their parents or whatever went to Oxford, but my dad didn't. <laughs> and, and to crown it all, my mom actually passed away when I was nine. But you see, people in the community, this this always struck me all the time. People within the community, these are people that would just walk through you and say, you know, bro, what are you doing with your GCSE? Which subjects are you picking? Which school do you really want to go? And they took this upon themselves. When you go wrong in some ways, they come back to you and challenge me. You know, challenge me to say, you know, you can do it. I remember one particular young man at the time who kind of led me to Christ. And the way he did, it was so interesting. He actually started teaching me towards my GCSE. And because I became his very close friend was how he, he sneaked me to the church. Um, and praise God. Uh, God is good. And, you know, the boomerang of encourage, such encouragement is that today I praise the Lord because I have the opportunity to do it to many. Praise God. But sometimes, actually, to the same people that are done it to me, interestingly, I am now in the position to help their own young people, to help their own children, maybe in their career, in their academics, in the way of the Lord, encourage them. This is this boomerang of encouragement in the house of the Lord. Old women, you can help young women. Old men in the church, you can help young men. Praise God. Hallelujah. And by the way, young men, you can help. Old men. Sometimes they do. they are not very good with this technology, trust me. And they need help. They need help. Praise God. You see, another great example is if we open our Bible to the book of Philippians. And to me, this is my favorite. And the reason as we open there, the reason is I'm actually part of the people that kind of facilitate beta. And in beta, we look at the book of Philippians. It's changed my life completely so i've been doing this this is supposed to be a service to the church of god it's supposed to be a contribution you know remember i've just charged you and hazard you to do what to contribute contribute to the kingdom of god not just to be recipients of the same but while you're doing it actually you gain much more the book of philippians you know the book of philippians right from chapter 1 verse 1 says paul and timothy servants of christ of jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. I mean, that just tells us, apart from the topic, that this book was written to the people of uh, Philippi. It is written to Philippians. Okay, before we go into what actually happened in the book of Philippians, I would encourage all of us, if we have time, to kind of go through it, read the entire, the only four chapters you can you know, on the train, finish everything. Before we go into it, it's very, very powerful, a book of God, a book of encouragement, a book of thanksgiving, a book that, you know, lots of things in that same book. Four chapters, very short book. Before we read it, I'll say let's move back a little bit into the book of Acts, chapter 16. Act, chapter 16, I'll read from verse 6. Are we there? Great. Verse 6. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbid, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night a man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God has called us to preach the gospel to them. God actually called Paul to preach to the Philippians. Okay, so this wasn't like an accident he wanted to go to Asia, he was stopped by the Spirit of God and then directed to a different place. And that was why I came out this morning. Sometimes when you have a special ground plan and you can see something moving you into something that you ordinarily might not do, begin to pray in the Spirit. Because in that way, you can hazard yourself so that you can listen like Joshua to the Word of God, like Paul did. And Paul heeded the word of God, okay? Verse 14. Um, so basically what happened was Paul, when he got to Philippi, he looked for a place to, to worship uh, on Sabbath. He said, one, um, I'll start from 13. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia. ...from the city of Tartaria, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after the, she was baptized, her household as well, she us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed pre- prevail upon us. So that was divine salvation. A great outcome for a visit to that little town of Philippa. Lydia, a very rich Jewish woman, gave her life to Christ. Can we say two? Because the first one was the fact that God directed Paul, divine direction. The second one, divine salvation from God to Lydia. So two. Let's carry on. Sixteen, and as we were going to the place of prayer, we met our third, that's divine healing. Divine healing, yeah. These people, remember, Lydia gave her life to Christ. The entire household, the people around her gave their life to Christ as well. All right, now they saw a lady who was um, a slave girl, a Greek slave girl. I emphasize the Jewish rich woman, Greek slave girl, again gave her life to Christ. And lastly, you know, because they did this, uh, Because of time, because they actually did this, what happened was that there was trouble in the whole area. They arrested Paul and Silas. They put them in prison. And what happened in prison as they were hazarding themselves in the Lord. The Bible says they were singing hymns and praising the Lord. What happened? There was a great earthquake. And the entire prison door opened. The chains on their hands kind of broken. And they were free. Divine freedom from God. Amen. And what happened? The Roman prison officer, a middle class guy, gave his life to Jesus. Gave his life to Jesus. So this is actually the story. The story of how Paul helped to plant the Philippian church. The Philippian church was planted by what? The power of God that brought about salvation To a Jewish rich woman, to a Greek slave girl at the bottom, to that man, a Roman prison officer, all right? And they started meeting in Lydia's home. Is that not the story here today, brothers and sisters? We are all from diverse backgrounds, from different countries, from, you know, our paychecks are not necessarily equal or the same. But Christ in us, the hope of glory, has brought all of to, us together in his love. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Isn't that amazing, brothers and sisters? That is how the Philippian church was planted. Amen. So let's go back to the book of Philippians. So when these guys, the, you know, the, the church was planted... Then they heard that Paul was actually in house arrest in Rome. He was in prison. And they thought, wow, this is really shameful. In those days, to be in prison was a very shameful thing, very lonely. Not really something you want to be part of. Okay? And then um, they thought, well, we can't join him in prison. We can't say, well, we go into the prison and uh, help, uh, you know, be with him in the prison. But we could do something. They put things together, money resources, and so on, and they sent it to Paul, right? And in addition to the money, they actually sent a guy, his name is Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus, that, yeah? yeah. No, Epaphroditus, actually, might, maybe Titus too, okay, in the Bible, yeah, they sent not just that practical help in terms of money and resources and clothing, they also sent a guy to help uh, Paul. All right? So today, brothers and sisters, when you read the book of Philippians and you think, oh, wow, this is a great book of encouragement, it didn't just start from Paul writing a book to the Philippians. It started from the Philippian guys thinking, Paul, our great leader, is in need. Let us help him. All right? And that's why the book is now a book of encouragement. Thanksgiving. When you read through the book, actually Paul was thanking these guys a lot more in the Bible. Thank you, because you always remember me in chains. Thank you for all the great things that you are doing. And in fact, in some um, book of history, they talked about how Paul always boasted about Philippians wherever he preached, that those guys, they are awesome. They are great people, and so on. That was how this book uh, the letter actually came about. So let's read a few things about the letter and, and then we'll close. So I thank my God, that's verse 3. Okay, let, let's look at two first. first. grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that, when you read it, sometimes without thinking about it, it might just sound like it's one of the cliché in the church, isn't it? Grace and peace. But brothers and sisters, grace is powerful. Grace means that that you cannot achieve on your own. There is an enabling in you that is given by the Spirit of the Holy Power power of God to enable you to do it. You are enabled to do that which you cannot do ordinarily. Grace. Then he said peace. Peace means, yes, there may be challenges around you. There will be trouble here and there. But you will know the peace, inner peace of God. Not the absence of challenges but really, that you trust in God enough to know that I have a God that is greater than my challenges. Grace and peace. Brothers and sisters, grace and peace yeah. upon you this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just a man, I expected you to say grace and peace back to me. Praise Boomerang, yeah. yeah. amen. Praise God. Grace and peace to you. And You know, in our workplaces, in our communities, it's so easy to say. Just say to people, peace grace upon you in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, And why this prayer? Again, he talked about the fact that always in every prayer of mine, he reminded them, how encouraging is that? When you see somebody on the corridor and say, you know, actually, I prayed for you yesterday. How would you feel if I said that to you? That would be, you know, very good, isn't it? So Paul was saying to them, I pray for you guys regularly. Brothers and sisters, let us pray for one another. And this is my favorite. And those that have been to beta, we we know that. Verse 6. And he says, I am sure. I am sure of this. That he who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is amazing. You see, this word, let's unpack it a little bit. He who began a great work in you, will bring it to completion. He who brought Lydia to Christ, he who made that slave girl, you know, to be healed, he who brought the um, Roman officers to be, come to, and, and all that, all these things that happen amidst you, he started it. You know, while we're having our worship and praise in the church, Philippian guys, did you know that Akin came forward and brought a word of God and he said, this will happen? And he said, yes. All right. Did you know there was someone who prophesied over you that you'll be a church of 2,000? And he said, yes. Do you know that A we happen? and do Some of them you have seen and you say, yeah, well, actually we've seen the hands of God in our lives. What he has said with his mouth, through his hands, he's performed it in a midst. But there are some that we've not seen yet. Yeah, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So Paul is basically saying to the Philippian guys, that which he started with his power, he will bring to completion. You know, that in your life that he's spoken over you, that he started by his power, I just pray over you this morning, that by his power he will bring it to completion. By his power he will bring it to completion. In the name of Jesus. Say the same to me, please. And you can see that I'm kind of having more prayers than you guys. (laughs) Amen. So God is good. God is good. So, you know, um, I just wanted to wind up by saying, you know, Paul's environment, at the time he wrote this particular letter, wasn't the greatest place you really want to be. He was in prison. He was in a house arrest. He was restricted. But he decided in his heart to bless this church. The Philippian guys from the book, you will hear that actually they didn't necessarily, they haven't attained where they would love to be. That was the need for that prayer, that the power of God that started the great thing in you will bring it to completion, okay? But they still decided to give. They decided to give of themselves, right? As people of God, we do not need to wait until everything is perfect before we encourage that person Next to us, whether here in the church or at work, on the train, when we travel, wherever we are, on the, you know, like people that go to the park with their kids, you do not need to really wait until everything is perfect before you encourage that mother, that young kid on the street. We do not need to wait until everything is 100% perfect before we speak the word of God. We just need to seize the moment and speak the word of God to everybody. And sometimes, actually, it is in those difficult times that you have the opportunity to share your, the word and things that God has done in your life to other people. Hallelujah. So let's not wait for that perfect time. Let's carry on, because as you start the encouragement, it goes on and on and then comes back to us. So God' love in us gives us the ability to encourage in fact, in this book of Philippians, we can, the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Remember, our strengthening really is not really from us. Okay? Our strengthening is not just from us. Joshua was first and foremost strengthened by the Lord. Paul was first and foremost directed by the Lord. So really, it's him who strengthens us. Amen. So, and I'm not saying this morning that we do not encourage ourselves. And then Paul himself wrote to the people of Thelosalonians. He said, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. What I'm saying this morning is that just as we are doing, we should carry on encouraging one another. And Proverbs 11.25 says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. I just... Hope that, you know, this morning I've been able to kind of uh, hazard us. To hazard others and to expect to be hazarded by others as well. Uh, Because God is a God who is all around us and willing to encourage us. Brothers and sisters, let us be strong and courageous. Amen.